hey, did somebody call for backup? What's up, prodigies? And welcome back to Call for Backup, a prodigal son podcast from Nerds and Beyond. This week, we are discussing our wildest theories for the second half of season two. If you're not caught up, we suggest that you pause this episode and come back and join us when you've watched all the latest episodes from season one, now available on HBO Max. You can also watch the first seven episodes of season two on Fox Now or Hulu. As many of you know, I'm Kaylee and I'm a staff writer at Nerds. You can find me on social media at Kaylee Gross. For this episode, I am joined by Kennedy Brianna and my co-host with the most, Jules. So thanks for being here this week. Jules will be leading the discussion of our theories and I'll end the episode with a nice dose of reflection for the week ahead with a motivational affirmation or quote. Before we begin, I'll let the other staff members introduce themselves and explain what they do for nerds. Hey guys, I'm Kennedy. Um, I'm an editor and writer at Nerds and Beyond, and you can find me over on Twitter at Kennedy Lynch. I'm Brianna, an editor, and you can find me on Twitter at bookbag09. And I'm Jules. I am an editor, writer, and content assistant, and you can find me on Twitter at Jules Writes Blog. Okay, so for this week's hiatus podcast, we thought it might be fun to take a look at some of our theories going forward for the season. Um, We also wrote an article covering some of our theories as well. So if you wanna go into a little bit more depth there, that is up now on nerdsandbeyond.com. So we're going through these theories one at a time. Some of them are kind of in categories, some of them aren't. It's a little bit more of a free form episode. We wanted to start with a plot thread that has been brought up a few times this season, the last few episodes, not as much, but the idea of Martin trying to escape from prison. Do we think he's gonna do it this season? Are we gonna ever hear about it again? What happened to that mysterious key card? Because I can't keep track of the key cards. I have no idea who has what. What do you guys think? Are we getting a prison break this season? I absolutely 100% believe that they are not going to drop that storyline because when have they ever, when have they ever (laughs) let any little thread go un- like investigated that is like a theme with this show is everything gets found out eventually and I'm just not convinced they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and it's not working I don't believe it (laughs) I think with the girl in the box last season they did the same thing like they would tease it every episode but it wasn't as prominent as a storyline you know what I'm saying it was kind of under the radar for a couple episodes and then sometimes I think like an episode or two they didn't even talk about it so I think it's one of those things where it's like the main storyline of the season or one of them um obviously besides you know Ainsley being a murderer but um we'll talk about that later um (laughs) so I think it's one of those things that's kind of like you said Kennedy they didn't forget about it but it's just not like the main storyline at this moment but I think definitely he's escaping because they're not going to focus you know what I'm saying everything Mm. has a purpose they wouldn't have like zoomed in on the key cards and made it like a point to be like oh that might be important if they were just going to throw it under the rug so I definitely think he's escaping but maybe it'll be a season finale cliffhanger I don't know I mean I hope not because if we don't get renewed I'm gonna be so angry (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think it's going to be a a season finale cliffhanger. I think the fans really started to engage with that storyline. And I feel like probably the writers saw it and adapted and were like, you know, it'd be a great season two cliffhanger. Martin getting out or almost getting out because like y'all were saying, I'm convinced he has that gold key card. There were two and Mm -hmm. we only saw Malcolm confiscate one. So I I think he has it somewhere. Don't know where, but somewhere. And we know Martin is sneaky. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I, like that's definitely within his abilities, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't put it past him to have. He always have some like ulterior motive for things, mm-hmm. whether it's like spending more time with Malcolm or you know whoever. But I'm always suspicious of him, regardless of what he's doing. So I think he's just a sneaky little little guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it like, kind of ties into the next one, but I think it could be a reason that. Dr. Capshaw's character got introduced like that could also be an avenue towards him trying to escape is maybe trying to win her over I don't want to say the word woo because we don't we don't I have mean, that looks like a way it hasn't been romantic man. yet so it looks yes. like it's headed that way especially in that latest uh, trailer that they released oh, but I can ugh. see that being an avenue for his escape I think that reminds me and I know we talked about it last episode but maybe it was the episode before about the prison break kind of I know what a good show. I love that show. I don't know where it's streaming, but go find it. It's a pretty good show. (laughs) But I that kind of reminds me because you know, um, the main character, God, I forgot his name. Hold on, Michael. It was such a good show, but (laughs) um, yes, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, but he falls in love with the doctor at the prison, and then basically he escapes and like she helped him. So I think that, like, to me, I sort of see that parallel. So I mean, if they go that route, that would be cool. You know, because well, I don't know if cool is the word I'd use. Well, I don't... you know what I mean. <laughs> It'd be interesting. <laughs> but I don't Good know. I show think... bad for my eyeballs. Like, right. really <laughs> but I That's suppose the romance part of it, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think because I don't totally trust Dr. Capshaw yet. Um, mm-hmm. Me either. There's I, something like, about her. I get a vibe. I don't know yeah. what it is. No, absolutely. I agree. I just get a weird, like, I can't trust you yet, but I don't know. Maybe she's playing Martin this whole time. That would be like a huge, just plot twist. She but like what would be her, her end game with that. Like what, what would she gain from that is my question. I don't, I don't know. I have a theory, <laughs> but it's completely bonkers and it's never going to be this true, is the theory. but I'll share it anyway. Throw it out here. I think, so she's new, right? She's new to the prison or whatever. I think so. Why would you want to be a prison doctor? There's two reasons why. One, you're like super altruistic, right? And you like want to make a difference. And you're like, I'm going to go work in this prison with these people. But we have seen her. She's not super great with the prisoners. Like she doesn't seem to have a good bedside manner. It's like you would think that she would be a little bit more excited if this was her like life's passion or something. The other reason you would work in a prison is because you can't get a job somewhere else. And I wonder if maybe she could be potentially like an angel of death type serial killer character. For those who don't know, an angel of death is somebody who works in the healthcare profession and sort of intentionally causes either the death or near death of their patients to experience the high of sort of being seen as like the savior and like bringing them back. And I wonder if maybe that's why she's at this prison is because she got kicked out of somewhere else. Maybe it was hush hush, you know, got discovered like doing things to patients and now she's here and now she's with Martin Whitley, one of the most well-known doctor serial killers in this world. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't think she's innocent. I don't, I don't, I don't know. She's running from something. Well, another thing I kind of want to sort of piggyback off of that. It's related, but not sort of how did martin i think he was on like good behavior how did he get to work with dr capshaw like did she pick him did he because he's the only i think he was just assigned because she said something like you've been assigned to me you have you know i have a one strike policy when you first showed up maybe maybe that's why i wonder i don't know 
that doesn't seem like a coincidence to me but like I think y'all were right like he did get randomly assigned but if I was the person in charge of those like jobs I would like exclude him from that list personally like I don't know because he enjoys that you know what I'm saying why like yeah he's on good behavior but he's still a serial killer that's killed like bajillion people so you know what I'm saying like why well and he's a doctor too and you don't really want somebody that manipulative in a position where he could potentially be involved with people or be involved with people in a medical mm-hmm. sense. Cause we saw, I mean, it happened to work out that he saved the patient's life. It's not that he's not a good doctor, but we saw that he's willing to cross those lines. If it means that he can get good attention or it means yeah. that he can kind of be seen as the hero. So it's sort of like, Hmm, who put him there and why? I, that's what I'm thinking. What if she did? And Ooh. you know, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Well, it can't be any weirder than my angel of death theory. So, I mean, like anything. <laughs> hey, I said Ainsley was adopted. You can't get weirder than that. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we don't know. Could still be proven. Season's not over yet. You have to remember that he was getting privileges because in Prodigal's Corona-free world, he like helped, didn't he help? Or was that at Rikers? He like helped keep the the spread down like didn't he kind of help manage like the spread of covid yeah. was that yes that yeah, yeah yeah also helped with jerry's killer too yeah so maybe the yeah. higher-ups i mean i don't know who they are but maybe but still like like yeah still i'm not saying it's right but no like, no i agree no i see what you mean i could see on paper how they would you know he's done this thing this thing let's give him work i just don't I hope we learn more about it i just feel like nothing in this show is a coincidence oh no Nothing yeah. else. Like, I just don't trust anything that the show does. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's the I other thing issues. of like, is this right. why I don't like Dr. Capshaw? Because I'm just suspicious of everybody who shows up on the show. That's true. <laughs> and Dr. Capshaw kind of leads into our next section. We put together kind of essentially this little shipping corner. I hesitate to call them a ship because we all hate it so much. But we have (laughs) three kind of, we use that term lightly, but we kind of have three ships going into the back half of the season. We have Gillica, our Gil and Jessica ship. We have Brightwell, we have Danny and Malcolm, and we have whatever the heck Dr. Capshaw (laughs) and Martin have going on. It doesn't deserve a name. It doesn't deserve a name. It's really like a Mm -mm. ship. I don't, I don't ship it. I mean, I'm sure there's fanfic out there, I'm sure. A mini ship? What's a mini ship? A boat? A lifeboat? Uh, yeah, a little lifeboat. <laughs> a little a lifeboat. Um, a dinghy. <laughs> a dinghy, yes! Oh my gosh, I love that. Where's, uh, a dinghy with a life bunch of Lifeboat is kind of cute. They're it. both doctors. Oh, boo. They're both the worst doctors. He's I a murder good. doctor. And she didn't recognize that her patient was having like a whatever it was, an aneurysm. So like we're, I, I think we're safe to say not the world's greatest medical team we have going on here. Welcome to Jules's Medical Corner. Starting now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, all of these ships are kind of at a weird place right now because you have Gillica, which is like actively still in the middle of a fight, which makes me so sad. You have Brightwell, which is like so close and yet so far it's because so we've seen them together and and we know that he likes her and we know that she likes him, but they're being dumb and not saying anything about it because, oh, whatever. And then you have Capshaw and Whitley who are just thrown together in circumstance, but time will tell. I mean, where do you guys think these ships are going this season? What can we expect going forward? I think both with Brightwell and with Gillica, I don't know that we'll see really like romance develop, especially not with Brightwell, I don't think by the end of the season. 
but I can see more of like them leaning into the friendship because like with Danny and Malcolm, they really do work well together. And we've seen a lot more, I felt like we've seen a lot more team ups with them in season two than we did in season one. So I'm kind of hoping we'll at least continue that because even if they don't, I don't want to say they don't ever become romantic because that would hurt my heart a lot. (laughs) But even if it doesn't happen for a while, I just, I like watching their friendship develop and I like watching that kind of give and take because neither one opens up easily. So I think that's been really interesting. I agree with what Brianna said in terms of Brightwell, but I, I feel like Gillica is going to get back together at the end of the season. I, I'm a pessimist. I think something super horrible is going to happen at the end of the, at the end of the season. I don't know what yet, but there's going to be another crazy cliffhanger. But I think we're going to have like another near death kiss or something like that. This kind of goes into what I mentioned in the article, which Jules already said. But again, I'm going to plug it. You can check it out at nerdsbeyond.com. We just posted it. What was it? Sunday? Monday? Something like that. I think it's something earlier like that. this week. I think that I I agree because I wish that they build their friendships first because I feel like if you have that foundation your relationship can just grow from there but if you don't then I feel like that can lead to a bunch of issues that you know they don't need any more of those but what I was mentioning in the article is that I think that either Danny finds out from Malcolm or Gil finds out from Jessica or both I don't know I I just don't think they can keep this hidden any longer especially with Simon Hoxley coming to New York I just I don't think they can keep it tight-knit in the family any longer. If anyone's going to give it away, it's Jessica. I'm sorry. I, it's not even like... She almost yeah. already did. Like, when, yeah. whenever she... They were literally in the middle of the precinct, and I, I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> but she was like, oh, you like you found out, or da-da-da-da-da, or something like that. And he's like, what What are you talking about? That was I'm like, season Jessica. one, when Jessica had that situation where, where she almost killed Martin for the, the whole blackmail situation. And they were in the middle of the NYPD and her and Malcolm were having a full conversation about criminal culpability. And it was like, you're surrounded by cops. <laughs> like, well, and I it was think, another one this season, though. There was another one, though, in season oh, two. Yeah. Where no, it was something about Ainsley. <laughs> she, went to Mar- she went to Martin to talk to him instead of he's like, well, you can come to me next time or something like that. Right something along yeah. those lines yeah yeah so I agree I think I oh god like I I want Gil to know so like maybe he could help but I just feel like he's gonna be so like just flabbergasted and just blown away like Ainsley mm. killed I don't know he, he might be surprised that Ainsley did it I but think, I don't yeah. feel like he would be surprised that they were involved yeah. I don't know. Oh, they, not he absolutely he thinks, thinks they were involved. No, yeah, I like, think that he's just keeping that to himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think the whole precinct knows. They're like, oh, there's the Whitley murder family. <laughs> like, every time they walk in the door. Besides Malcolm, obviously, <laughs> they haven't killed anybody that we know of yet. I like your idea that Hoxley might be the way that they end up finding out. Because, I mean, they're going to all be on Hoxley's side, really, of trying to get to the bottom of it. Right. And digging into everything. And either something's going to come up. And Malcolm's going to have to confide in somebody about covering covering his mm-hmm. tracks or covering Ainsley's tracks, I guess, technically. Or they're going to be questioning and Jessica's going to let it slip with Gil in his office or something of like, look, I can't, I can't do this myself. I'm going to need help and confide in him. I really hope, I really hope they do. I like that moment of him kind of softening of like, oh no, I've been so mean to her and so cold that it drove her back to Martin. I'm sorry. 
This is kind of veering off topic, but I am concerned about Simon Hawksley's fate because this kind of ties into another one. <laughs> I am not convinced that Ainsley is not going to off him too, okay? I, I'm putting it out there. I don't know if he's going to make it through. I don't know. I'm putting on my boxing gloves. I'm ready to play devil's advocate because you, that was one of our bullet points that we find that we argue over the most every week. Or should I say, I we argue, don't argue and everyone else you has argue. the same opinion um, is about where Ainsley lies on the whole evil spectrum. And do we think she's going to kill again? Those are like the yes. two questions that I feel like we debate the most. <laughs> it's like, yes. I, I don't know. And I, 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 after last week, after everything that happened with that prank, because that is a sociopathic level of lack of emotion that she showed when she did that. So mm -hmm. I'm fully on board with the Ainsley is not a good person thing. Do I think she can be redeemed? Discussion for another day. But <laughs> will she kill again? I don't know. And like you said, Kennedy, like it, having this character come in, who's a complete outsider who is, we don't know if he's a good profile or not, but he might even accidentally stumble on some information. I mean, we don't know how well covered up this was, really. Would she be inspired to? I don't know. I don't know. And it scares me that I can't say definitively, like, no, she wouldn't do it. You know, like, I, I, uh, we're at this point with her. Where I think she's capable of it. What worries me is that because we know that Endicott was based in New York. So he got to Estonia, which we'll discuss here in a little bit how he even got there. My worry is that more attention, if Hoxley dies in New York, more attention is going to be put on New York because they're going to be like, oh, well, Endicott died. He was based in New York. Then Hoxley goes to solve it and he dies if like hypothetically, if he dies. So I feel like that's going to put more attention on them. So that worries me because then like, I feel like it's going to be a vicious cycle where if they just keep offing people who are trying to like you know, investigate this murder, that's going to raise some red flags that they don't need. And if I feel like if Jessica can figure it out without really, but just, just knowing her kids, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just knowing their, their behaviors and, you know, and she was able to figure out the, you know, in her, you know, Jessica fashion, the silver platters thing um, <laughs> a few episodes ago. Very dramatic. Yeah, exactly. So if she's able to figure it out, I just feel like what Brianna was saying, them digging into this case is really going to open a lot of doors that they weren't, <laughs> that Ma I don't think Malcolm prepared for, per se. I just thought of something. I genuinely hope they burn that book after she did her reveal. I hope so too. We don't really know what happened to it. I'm hoping we didn't just put it back on the shelf. Or put it in the, in the basement. <laughs> put it in the basement or something, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> like, please tell me we, we, you know, had our dramatic Whitley moment and sipped some bourbon and threw it in the fireplace. Did they ever hole know. up that room again? Like, the secret no. phone room? I don't, I don't think so. so. I thought Ainsley was in there looking at all the books. No, there's a separate office down there. Oh, like, yeah. I was trying to think there's of a the fireplace down basement. there. There's, like, a separate oh. room that the phone was in. But then there's, like, an office that they never touched that was genuinely his office. Gotcha. So, like, yeah. Th there's a lot of places to hide stuff down there <laughs> if you wanted to. I'm just saying. They might need it. They might need it. They might have to hide another body down there. <laughs> we'll see. With Hoxley, is he, he's a two-episode arc? Yeah. Two. Yeah, two episodes. Two? Mm, that's real short. And that's it's odd short. to me that they've short. already confirmed it. That's what I found fascinating is that normally with like a guest star of Alan Cummings' caliber, especially if you're going to kill him, right? why would you openly say 
he's around for two episodes and that's it. Like, why wouldn't you kind of keep the mystery drawn out a little bit? Whereas with like Catherine Zeta-Jones, we don't actually know how many episodes she's around for. They haven't said they they said she's a major part of the back half of the season, but they haven't said like she's in every episode or she's in two episodes. So why are they telling us that he's only in two episodes? I don't trust them. That feels like that feels like support for Kennedy's theory. (laughs) I guess my thing is I just don't see them successfully deflecting. Like okay, like Jill said, we don't know like if he's actually good at his job or not, or if he's just like you know a pretty face to put on the covers. But I don't see them successfully deflecting all the questions, especially because they've been doing such a bad job at it so far. (laughs) Really bad for someone who works in law enforcement, and you know should really have some better excuses in my opinion. But I mean, I guess he's a little distracted. Homie's going through a lot. I am really excited to see them face off, though, because Tom Payne did an interview where he talked about how, you know, this will kind of be a character that's on the same mental caliber as Malcolm. Mm -hmm. You know, he's always a little bit more intelligent, I guess, than the people he typically faces off with. Right. Like this guy is the same, the same mindset, the same ability to see those details. So to watch them kind of parry back and forth, I think is going to be really fun. Okay. Theory. What if, <laughs> since, you know, this is the theories episode, one of them anyway, what if they make a deal? Like, hmm. Oxley finds out and Malcolm's like, look, here's the situation. So if you don't tell, may- like, maybe Malcolm finds dirt on Hoxley too. So they come to, like, an agreement, mm-hmm. like, okay, I won't spill your dirt if you don't spill my dirt. You just go back to where you came from. Because I feel like if, like I said, I feel like if they kill Hoxley, there's gonna be more news. Like, oh, famous Europol investigator simon hoxley was murdered and you know what i'm saying like yeah. that's just oh, gonna yeah. bring more people to new york so what if they make a deal i don't know i don't know <laughs> that could be interesting and honestly that i could see sense. ainsley digging up dirt on him actually yeah. that's so yeah. true you know what i mean so maybe she doesn't have to kill maybe she can just use her goddamn investigative <laughs> Listen, talents jules <laughs> is always backtracking she'll She'll condemn her, but then she'll walk it back. She'll I walk condemn it back. her actions. People are mm. multifaceted, Kennedy. People <laughs> have good and bad parts of them. The like one onions. good thing she's got going. Got a lot of layers. The good <laughs> <laughs> thing she has going is that she knows how to investigate stuff, right? Like, we can all at least agree that she's True. talented at uncovering dirt. We're not Whether saying that's, that's good wrong. or bad. <laughs> can Viewers, can you tell how many times we've had this conversation? <laughs> conversation over text so many times it's mainly because i tend to defend the villain in a lot of scenarios but that's just because i'm obnoxious and i like to play devil's advocate a lot (laughs) and so when i'm dealing with a character like ainsley that i really liked from the beginning and now she's turning into a character who's an awful person i'm having a really hard time with that so kind of a random theory that we were thinking about and we'll see if it even gets picked up this season or if it's more of a season three thing cross fingers is jessica's book What's going on with that? Are we going to get to see it this season? Are we? What are we thinking? How is it going to affect everything? Well, I think I mentioned it last episode when we were discussing episode seven, where I think we know that she said that she's been approached about it before, but never agreed to it. Um, but it's been some time. It's been like, what, 20? It's pretty much as old as me. So about 22 years because it was in 98. So, oh God. So it's been some time. So I think for a long time, she was holding out, you know, a lot of guilt because of, you know, with the victims and then with the girl in the box. So like, she never, I think, wanted to like divulge any of those family secrets. I'm using quotations. Um, 
for, you know what I'm saying? Really diving into that for life. But I think that now that they're older and Martin's put away and like, you know, I don't think any more mysteries besides Endicott are at the forefront. I think she feels more confident enough to tell her side of the story. And I just don't know if it's gonna be good. Like, I just don't know if it's a good idea to even open yourself up to that because I don't feel like the family needs any more criticism than they already have. So I just don't know if it's a good idea or, but what if she leaves out Martin completely? But I feel like that's such a huge part of her life. I don't know. I'm talking. They wouldn't buy the book. They wouldn't even buy the book. They'd just be like, no. I know I'm talking in circles. It's just, it's just a lot. It's a huge development, I think. I mean, Jessica, I don't remember when I'm bad at recalling exact (laughs) moments, but she said before, like she didn't want to like profit off of the family's pain yeah and stuff and so I mean like we know Jessica's a good person like she Mm -hmm. has obviously carried around a lot of guilt over what Martin did um blaming herself even though you know she couldn't have done anything but um I think that's something that prevented her from going forward with it for a long time but honestly if it wasn't for Birdie I don't think she would be moving forward with this right also because like the family's name like Kaylee said has been scrutinized like so much Mm -hmm. she you know has been making all these like charitable donations and stuff trying to do some good and reverse you know the family legacy like reclaim the name and everything Mm -hmm. but you know she still kind of gets flack even though she's done nothing but like good in the community so I, I really don't think that she would be doing this if the family component wasn't involved because yeah. I think Jessica's just like a private person and doesn't want to, you know, doesn't see herself as like the protagonist in this story. Like I survived, like, I don't know. That's not the vibe I get from her personality. I could see her using it as sort of a way to draw attention to the victims again, because mm-hmm. she was very much a victim's proponent in season one. So I could see her kind of trying to twist the narrative and tell them like, look, I'll talk about him, but I'm not going to talk about him the way they're probably going to want her to. And, you know, tell them it's going to be on her terms. I mean, like she said, they're going to, they're, they're after the story no matter what. So she's got to kind of work with whatever publisher she goes with to actually get the story that they want. But I think, I think it would end up if they follow through with the storyline, which I think they will. I think it'll end up being sort of more of a, a victim's rights look at her family, everything they've done, highlighting all the good that they've tried to do instead. I hope so. I I mean, that's what I want to happen. But also I just thought about too, and I might've mentioned it when I, again, when I was talking in circles with Endicott's murder. And I, I don't know, was it widely known that her and Endicott were like together? Not romantically, I don't think, but there were like pictures of them from that charity thing together. Mm-hmm. But they're also like all high societies. So yeah. I could see that just being people just being like, oh, like, of course they knew each other because they're all part of this like little elite group. But I, I don't think the world knew about them being okay. like a thing. Because I wonder if that's going to bring up questions about Endicott. Oh, did you hear about Nicholas Endicott? What do you think happened? You know what I'm saying? While they're like, you know, I mean, books <laughs> promoting take- it. <laughs> You know, books take some time to to write. Maybe, we, you know, we'll get a time jump and the book's done. But, I, you know, I'm just worried it's going to raise more questions about Indica. And I don't think that's something they need right now. Especially with, like I said, with Hoxley coming. So, like, that's going to be like a double whammy that they're, I don't think that they're prepared for. The only thing I was thinking about when she was talking about the book is that in the last few years, it's definitely become a lot more of a genre within the true crime genre to have the families of killers write 
yeah. these like sort of memoirs, like you have the mother of one of the Columbine shooters wrote a memoir. You have um, BTK, one of his daughters wrote a memoir. So it's sort of becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering if maybe it'll focus a little bit more on like sort of the signs they missed. And if maybe that will draw a little bit of tension within the family as well, because you have you know, if you were to write the story down, there would be a lot about Malcolm in there and a lot about his childhood and how will he feel about having some of that trauma sort of put back out there again for people to read. And even Ainsley to a certain extent as well, like they were children when it happened and Jessica's going to be writing the story about things that they didn't have control over as kids. Like, will that make some more tension within the family because of that? I think there's always the possibility that the book comes out after the whole mess is resolved one way or another. Everything comes <laughs> out. But what what you said about Ainsley, not I feel like Ainsley would appreciate her side of the story being told more because I feel like that's been a theme with her is like she kind of... But if it's not her narrative, though, if it's not true. her telling it, because she's been in control of the interviews and she's been in control of how she's presented herself. But if Jessica, if Jessica talks about like, oh, Ainsley used to wet the bed when she was little because she was oh, like, whatever, I don't think Ainsley would be like excited <laughs> to have that information. <laughs> you know what I want to see? Once the book is ready to be publicized and everything, I want to see Ainsley interview Jessica about the book. I was mm. just thinking that. Oh my God. That's it's like you so pulled good. that thought right from my head. Holy. Through I think that would be good. Through Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> If that's possible. I think that would be really cool for her to get like, you know, the from her dad interviewing her dad and then kind of parallel that to her mom. I think, you know, maybe she's going to ask her mom the, t- the tough questions. Like, why didn't you pay enough attention to me when we were younger and you pay attention to my brother more than me? I don't know. That would be. Why, why didn't you, you know that I had an imaginary friend? Why didn't yeah, you know that we had an adult man living in our basement? <laughs> It'd be a spicy interview. That's for sure. <laughs> it would be. I'd watch. I would definitely tune in for that. Oh, yeah. I don't think she would throw her any softballs. I think she no. would she would go just as hard for her as she did with Martin. What does everyone else at her network think about this, right? Because this is like, you it's know. kind of her thing just to cover this one extremely specific case because it's her dad. <laughs> like, are they ever like, I thought we were a serious news network and yet we keep airing all this stuff about the surgeon. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it probably gets them TV too because oh, let's watch the surgeon's daughter tell us about the weather or the next, you know, about the new <laughs> like the new traffic patterns or you know, report us this murderer's kid tell us about the upcoming snowstorm. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like I know she's not a meteorologist, but just you know, I think yeah. it also helps their ratings because oh, look look what Ainsley Whitley's doing and and she kept her last name, so it's it's getting her some attention. Maybe they have her covering only the crimes. That's her specific (laughs) niche role. She be covering crimes a lot now. We saw her doing the breaking news though. Like, so she does do like, I don't, I don't know that they've figured out her role at the network yet because they were so focused on having her do the surgeon interview that they don't really know what to do with her now. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully after, you know, she tried to solve the crime herself. They'll pull her back a little bit and put her little butt in the studio where she doesn't, you know, almost but they get got herself good ratings, up. So they won't No, This is the thing that network will let her do whatever she wants because they're like, great, this is fantastic for ratings. Like, cause she even said, I think when Gil was all like, we will call and threaten legal action. It was like, try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would bet. <laughs> try. But yeah. So our last point that leads into one of the themes that we're going to be exploring in depth on another podcast, which is why we will limit ourselves, is will we ever see how they got away with it? Like how they got 
Endicott's body to Estonia, how they covered it up. And will they continue to get away with it in the future? Well, I know the three of us, Brianna and Jules, last episode were really getting into this um, theory. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just a part of me wants to know what actually happened. Like, we know that, obviously, Ainsley did it. And then, like I said, where does she go? Does he, like I said, does she take a nap? Does she take a shower? You know, does she, like, just forget and just doesn't know what happened and we know that he cleans it up what i want to know is that how did he dispose of the body and how did he either hide it for some time and then send it to estonia or i just want to know how the body got from point a to point b how did estonia right i send it to estonia there as we discussed and again we won't go too far into the weeds on this but there are easier (laughs) ways to dispose of a body in new york city why would you ship it across the ocean like he could have shipped it to like maine why estonia why did he pick that location yeah maybe because it's crossing like international like you know how if yeah, you that cross, like makes it more line. of a crime yeah that, that makes, makes it, it more of a crime like to make it an international incident yeah that's way more of a crime i just not know if he was and really thinking- that's going to get it even more notoriety when yeah. the body is discovered like that's like- the part that i want I want to understand too is just like the feat of getting a body undiscovered from New York to Estonia. I mean, even Martin was like, How did you do that? Like, even he couldn't mm-hmm. comprehend how he would have done that, especially in the stress of the moment. So it's like, I don't think he did it by himself. I'm, I'm I can feel it. I'm about to <laughs> go off on the spiral. I don't think he did it by himself. I think, no. I hope we'll see at least a few more details, if not like a full in depth, at least, at least a little bit. Like, you know, we saw the thing about it had freezer burn around the neck. So we know it was on ice at some point. The little things like that help. But I would like to know at some point. I'm hoping it will come out when Hoxley is there because they're yeah. going to have to kind of carefully rehash what happened without giving too much away. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility that Indicott's like dismembered body was in their freezer? Because no, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I, I see how y'all are looking at me right now. But in in one of the clips for one of the upcoming things, he mentions about like, oh, you want to see the the thumb I have in my freezer? And it's like, sounds like he's joking, but there's a clip where there's like a thumb on a table. So why would you keep that? Like, what what would be the reason? No, Jules, stop laughing at me right now. <laughs> no, it's not your theory because I actually, I like your theory. It's the way you're like, why would you keep a thumb in your freezer? Like, why would that? <laughs> Well, why would you keep the evidence? Like, you're not going to need to oh, verify that you killed him later. Like, <laughs> just to make sure this is the only body I have in here. Just got to check back in and make sure that I haven't killed anybody else. Any more thumbs. Well, I think, like I said, we discussed last episode. I don't think he flew the body because I feel like that's just, like, there's so much security. It's complicated. Days. Like, you would yeah. never get that thing in there, like, ever. I think the only way he transported this body somehow was clearly illegally but i think through like a shipping container like i think he like was just in a truck of ice and like that part was like put on a shipping container that was then shipped to estonia then like was he found in like a river in estonia or like it was like a lake and it's a lake that's in the middle of estonia so it's not like he was found on the coast like they had to transport it to the lake yeah so i I don't know. I what know. if Hoxley's in on it? I know that's really wild, <laughs> but I, I, it's, it's I an interesting know. theory. 
I'm going to stop you all because, <laughs> Why? because we're about to plug that in. So next, our oh. next episode, which is in two weeks, is going to be fan theories. Um, so be sure to submit those to us, um, either by Twitter or just by calling us out, whatever you want to do. But our episode after that is going to be me, Kaylee, and Brianna discussing how he got away with it. We're going to theorize. We're going to ha- put all of our combined true crime skills to the test <laughs> and see if we can reverse engineer how this happened. Brianna's already looked up, you know, how long it takes to ship something <laughs> from New York to Estonia. Uh, we have, we've, we've been really too detailed. We're too detailed about it. Um, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. If you're a true crime nerd, it'll be a fun podcast for you for sure. As a party note for our podcast, we'll be ending every episode with a motivational affirmation or quote that hopefully inspires you as you start your weekend. This week's quote is, never abandon a theory that explains something until you have a theory that explains more. John McCarthy. Remember, prodigies, while the show is on hiatus, if you find yourself in a dangerous situation, make sure you definitely call for backup. That's our show for this week. We'll be taking every other week off for the six-week hiatus, so make sure to follow us on our Twitter account at Call for Backup Pod. That's call the number four backup pod to be up to date on when our hiatus episodes will drop. Tag us and let us know your thoughts on the episode. Next podcast episode, we'll be doing fan theories. So make sure to DM us or tag us to get your theory featured. And as always, follow us at Nerds Beyond for all of your nerdy news.